Welcome to the newest sports podcast out there after the buzzer. My name is Jackson, and I've got David with me here. Uh, sadly, Whalen and Rizzo could not make it today, but we got to go on. So this is our first official episode of After the Buzzer, and, you know, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, David, you want to say anything else about, you know, our podcast? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's a pretty basic sports podcast. Uh, go over the main sports events and news. You know, just talk about it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, headlines, highlights of all things sports. Um, yeah. And we're going to kick this episode off with Week 12 college football. So, David, what's the uh, first matchup you'd like to discuss in a very jam-packed and exciting week of college football? Well, I don't want to necessarily discuss one certain matchup. I'd like to discuss, uh, you probably know what I'm about to say, uh, Tua. Ah, His very... uh, injury. Yes. In the final two minutes of the first half. Yeah, that is big for the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. They are going to go without who was projected to be the uh, first overall pick in the draft, you know? Oh, yeah. So, what do you think about uh, Nick Saban's decision to keep Tua out there in the final two minutes? I think it was a terrible decision because wow. he already they're already up, what, 21 points? Yeah, it was – I don't know the points. exact number. 21-7. Yeah, 20 – 21-7 at the end of the first. Yep. Uh, so, so it's – I just – I don't – I don't really like it, the decision because – Saban backed it up saying it was going to be a – they're going to run a two-minute drill, try and get some in-game uh, time for that, and then they're going to take him out after that. Um, he did say he doesn't go into, you know, plays expecting them to get hurt. So, you know, you got to kind of – can't blame everything on him for that. No, no. And but, honestly, he was he was getting rushed by multiple uh, linemen defenders from uh, from the defense. So you can't can't totally blame the coach. Can't totally blame him. Might might blame a little bit of the offensive line there. Yeah. Um. So with Tua out for the rest of the season, uh, former backup Mac Jones is now the new starter. Uh, he did have success in his one appearance this year against Arkansas when he threw for three touchdowns and 235 yards. He went eight for 18 for 22. Um, so they could, you know, still go deep into the college football playoffs with Mac Jones because they do have a solid offense built around them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, they have multiple uh, great first-round uh, receivers. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is never disappointed, so I I wouldn't be surprised to see them still up there. Yeah. So, what does Tua being out for the season? What does that mean for the Heisman race and Heisman contenders this year? I think it opens a huge door for uh, Burrow and possibly Jalen Hurts. 
I, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not so sure about Jalen Hurts because uh oh. certainly the the hole he dug himself in yesterday. Yeah, going right into the Jalen Hurts discussion, he yeah. was baffled against the Baylor defense until the fourth, and he was without C D Lamb. Overall he went thirty for forty two, but only eighty yards in the first. Yeah, eighty yards is just it's I just I don't think this this is the same guy people are saying to... could win the Heisman, David. I know they're saying that, but I mean he's been a contender before. Uh, what two years ago he was on Alabama. Yeah. But I I personally don't see it. I think uh, I think the front runner right now is probably Burrow with the success see, they, he had. With Jalen Hurts, though, this I think, in my opinion, I'm this is showing that Jalen Hurts can go in have troubles. And fight back out of it. He had 217 yards in the second half with 100, 116, I think, rushing yards in the second yeah. half alone. I believe that this could help his case for uh, the Heisman because shows that he's a fighter, shows that he can uh, use his team to come back. He didn't even have CD Lamb, one of the top wide receivers in college yep. football. Yep. So I think uh, I know what you're trying to say and how it shows. Um, he's not, you know, a dominating force guy, guys like Joe Burrow, who just go out and, you know, put up a ton of points every time. But I think this shows that he's a fighter and in some people's eyes, you know, this could help his case. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I think he's definitely, he's going to be a candidate for the Heisman. Yes. But you also, you can't rule out Justin Fields. I'm going to say it. I like Justin Fields. Wow. He he has 31 touchdowns on the season. 31. I mean, two ahead 33. 33 is not much more. Yeah. And but also half half of Ohio State's wins have been blowouts. They've only played what like two top 25 teams in their schedule so far. Mhm. Mhm. But I am looking forward to see the Penn State game. Uh yeah. see how we'll do against that against that team. Yes, should be a good game. Uh, make sure to be tuned in to college football. Some great matchups out there. Uh, David, talking about uh, switching gears here, going into the NBA. Uh, John Morant, he has been an electrifying rookie to watch this year. Uh, oh, almost ni- averaging almost 19 points a game. Um, he's most likely the – he's right now the front runner for – um, rookie of the year. For rookie of the year. Yep. He's he's been great. Uh, give me your thoughts on John Morant and other rookies that could you know knock him out of that spot for rookie of the year. I mean, John Morant obviously has been the most electrifying to watch, and I mean he's averaging what nineteen points. Yep. Four rebounds, six assists. It's it's just all in the numbers right there. But I mean, Kim, once Zion comes back. Zion is back and going after his uh, meniscus injury. I think I think that he could also be – I think those two will be the top two for rookie Top year. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about uh, the Knicks with R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett. I mean, he's, he's definitely a good player to watch. He – the thing is, he doesn't have a good, t- a very good team surrounding him. Yes. I mean, neither does John Morant, but he kind of uh, takes over the game. 
takes over the game, steals the show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just on the numbers. Dominant has been the best rookie. Uh, one of the best. I'm not going to rule out uh, Kendrick Nunn either. Yeah. I think he. I think overall he's had the most points per game. Uh, he went undrafted. Yep. Uh, to the Miami Heat. It's been pretty pretty fun to watch. But yep. I'm not gonna I'm I'm probably gonna cut it down to John Morant, Zion, and uh Kendrick Nunn. That's my top three. All right. right. Wow. Uh we'll definitely, you know, discuss uh rookie of the year and other NBA things as, you know, the season progresses and we make some more of uh, podcasts. Um anything else regarding the NBA that you would like to discuss? Uh I'd like to talk about Paul George. Uh Paul George. Paul George recently made his return uh, this week. He, his first two games, he's averaged 35 points. Uh, he's had over 50% three-pointer three, three pointer percentage, over 50% field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. And he's, his last, his last two games have been 35, 37 points. Uh, yep. He's had... Uh, over five rebounds each game, uh, and only just twenty minutes a game, which is really uh, good for the Clippers. Yep. Considering that Kawhi didn't play the last game. Yeah. But I, I think I think that still Paul George is the best player on that team, and he's going to carry them. Wow, bold statement there, David. In the playoffs, pretty far. Bold. Bold statement there. So, regarding Paul George, the Clippers in the playoffs, do you think that uh, George and Leonard, uh, uh, the combined both of them, makes for a deep playoff run team? Do you think um, they'll make a deep run, or do you think this is, you know, they won't have a connection, you know, going together? I think I think they'll have a good connection because, you know, I. Honestly, it's too early to say at this point because you haven't mm-hmm. really seen you haven't them, really seen that much them together too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. Wait, uh, yeah. Play a few weeks together, see how it goes. Develop some of that chemistry. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to go into. The recent signing or uh, acquiring of Carmelo Anthony. Yes, big so, talking point in the NBA so far. Carmelo Anthony, after being he was unsigned last year, I believe, right? He played only a uh, couple of games. What, like, not even a month with yeah. the uh, the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only averaged he averaged thirteen points in that span of games. But what I want to Ask is do you if if you think that uh, Carmelo Anthony really is a help to this struggling Trailblazers team, or is he just more of like they're signing him because he's a experienced veteran and you know he needed a team to sign with? You could. Uh, what, what are your yeah, thoughts on that? That's a that's a big uh, you know different difference of opinions between a lot of people. Uh, Carmelo between helping the Trailblazers, you know. Com- compete this year um, or, you know, helping having, uh, you know, a seasoned veteran in the league uh, come in and helping, you know, some of the younger guys. Some of the young guys, yeah. Personally, I think a lot of like with Paul George now, 
given Paul George is not, you know, as old or, you know, he was gone from basketball as much as uh, Carmelo was. But I think he'll have – I think he'll come in and he'll have, you know, a, an impact. I'm not going to say, you know, he's going to drop 40 points a game, be a dominating force on the court. But I think he'll definitely have an impact and he'll help the Trailblazers not necessarily make a playoff spot, but be a contender. Yeah, I think I think if they – uh, if Damian Lillard keeps doing what he's doing, and CJ yeah. McCollum, that duo up front, or yeah. or not up front, uh, but you know that duo uh, just keeps doing what it's doing. I think mm-hmm. they'll get they could get one of the lower seeds with yeah. that with that pretty tough uh, Western Conference right now. Yeah, it'll also help, I believe, the locker room. Uh, you know, have some spirit and some uh, hopefulness. Uh, yeah. You know, going into Definitely. after games, before games, postseason, stuff like that. Definitely. Just having that experienced player on your team, I think that would help all around. Yep. And I also, uh, this is going, you know, farther into the year, getting Zach Collins back, uh, the power forward. who He's out till March with the shoulder injury. But yep. once he comes back, I think, you know, the Trailblazers will kind of be a dark horse contender uh, for maybe – Maybe, you know, not even a wild card spot. Maybe, you know, a lower uh, playoff seed. Yeah, the, I, I agree with that. I think they could get uh, definitely one of the lower spots if uh, if they just keep, uh, you know, if they did what they did last year. Uh, yep. They'll definitely be uh, in contention. I'm not going to rule out any of the uh, other hot teams lately, like such as the, you know, the Suns. Have, yep. They're 7-4. and four. There, uh, uh, Aaron Baines is having his best best uh, season of his career. Uh, he's definitely helped the team. Yeah. Uh, Utah Jazz still in there. Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And obviously the Lakers are a ten and two at the top of the conference. Yeah, the Western Conference is a tough one for all the teams in it. Uh, so it's going to be a dogfight and a you know fun one to watch throughout the season. Definitely. Uh. Going to the MLB now. Um, MLB. It is the off season. Uh, we just had the Washington Nationals win the World Series. Congrats to them. Went from, I believe, what nineteen and thirty-two to one of world the champions. Teams in the league, yeah, world one of the worst teams in the league in May to national champions. Fought through a wild card wild card game. Um, a lot of good stuff for them. Um, Juan Soto looks like he's going to be great. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. Real, real fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but the awards, uh, we have already Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and MVP have been announced. Also, Manager of the Year, I believe, right? Yeah, I think, yes. So I wanted to take a look at at those um, those awards. We have the Cy Youngs, AL, went to Verlander who had a great year. It was most likely between him and Garrett Cole, another great guy, a uh, great pitcher. pitcher. Yeah. Uh, and then the NL was to DeGrom. This is his uh, back-to-back Cy Youngs for DeGrom. Two years in a row. Yeah. So do you want to touch on either Verlander or DeGrom? I'll let you to, you know take it here. No, I like DeGrom. I like uh, everything he's he's doing for the Mets. I think uh, 
you know, after he shaved his hair, you know, it's been <laughs> doing a lot better. <laughs> two yeah. years he's had the hair, two years in a row. Yep. Uh, and then obviously Verlander isn't a surprise here. Uh, mm-hmm. He had the no hitter. He had the no. He had that no hitter. He had. He led the MLB in wins with twenty one. Yep. He had two two point five eight ERA. And. Yep. Yeah, three hundred strikeouts. Yep. Career high. Uh, I got. I got. I got a question for you though, David. And um, this is a quick one. Do you think this was the last real dominating year of Verlander? I'm not saying that you know. He's not going to be good in the future because I'm he I, you know think about Nolan Ryan he as he got older he was still great but do you think this was the last dominating year I mean he had what a zero point eight eight whip or something like that he was yeah. unbelievably dominated so do you think as he ages you know he'll be uh, less of a force for the Astros or do you think he'll just you know keep on destroying? Well, as he ages. By that, I think you mean within the next five to five to seven years. I think that maybe for the next, definitely in the next season, he'll be uh, exactly as people uh, expect him to be. He'll be just as dominant as he is now within mm-hmm. the next couple of years. But after after like uh, three or four years uh, more in the league, I think he'll, his stats will start to go down. You know, that's just what happens with. Yeah, uh, most players who age in the MLB. I mean, he is thirty six now, so yeah, uh, he definitely isn't going to get any younger. Um, no. And I, I did like what you say said about Degrom. How you know he's, you know, after getting rid of the uh, the Syndergaard hair, he, you know, became a real dominant pitcher. Yeah. Um, do you think he's the new prototype for NL pitchers and what they're? Uh, supposed to look like well i mean i guess it it makes sense that it would be that way because just the way he's looked at by by everyone yeah and his that great arsenal back-to-back yeah. Cy youngs yeah i mean there's not there's not much more to say about that uh-huh going into the rookie of the year um the winners for the al were alvarez right um for the Astros and Pete Alonso for the Mets. Um, What are your thoughts on those guys and um, what they've been doing and what they can do for their teams in the future? Pete Alonso, no surprise there. Uh, Won the home run derby. Uh, 53 home runs. Uh, First rookie uh, to lead the major, to to lead like the whole MLB in that. Uh, Yeah. You know, I think the Mets are trying to build their team around him now since yep. they realize how much of a stud he is. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side with uh, Jordan Alvarez, Alvarez yeah. I, I don't think the Astros look at him the way the Mets look at Pete Alonso because mm-hmm. going, in, going into the season, uh, the Astros already had a superstar team. They were coming off a World Series or two years ago, two, a World Series yeah. win. With they most had of the same who, roster. Yeah, George Springer, Jose Altuve, Springer, Altuve. Carlos Correa, Bregman, yeah. um, and then you look at the starting pitching. You know, had Verlander and Cole, two strong Cy Young candidates, um, yeah. solid bullpen. So, you know, Alvarez coming in wasn't you know going to be 
they don't see him as much of a you know stud. Stud, yeah, because yeah. he's definitely he's not the best player on that team, but he's he's the one of the best. Yeah, on that team. But I'm if even if he wasn't on the Astros, I th- I still think uh, the Astros still would have gone far. I think yep. uh, Alvarez would have. Uh, say Alvarez went to a uh, uh, lower candidate uh, team, such as like the Padres or something. Yeah, they would they would more build their team around him, just yeah. like they, the Mets look at Pete Alonso. Yeah, on a more like person to person level, who do you think overall is the better player, Jordan Alvarez or Peter Alonso? I'm gonna say Peter Alonso. Oh wow. I'm saying Pete Alonso because just it's it's all in the stats. Yeah. I mean it's he had fifty three home runs. He's had uh what two sixty batting average. Yeah. One twenty RBIs. Big power guy. Yeah, he's a power hitter, he's and no no disrespect to Jordan Alvarez. He's definitely one of not only one of the best rookies, one of the top overall players in the MLB. No disrespect to him. Um but yeah, like he's, like he's you still he's still a great player, but But like you said, I think the way that each organization looks at those players, I think Pete Alonso overall is gonna be the one the Mets are gonna be focused on in the future. Definitely. He's the one that you know they're gonna try and build the team around, and I think it's not the same for Alvarez. No, it's not definitely not the same because the the superstars that are on that Astros team, it's it's just it's hard to build your team around a rookie who's only been in the league for one season. And yeah. Versus guys who've been in the league for more than five seasons. So. Yep. Yeah. And then finally, we'll talk about the MVPs. The NL, it was Cody Bellinger, and then the AL was Mike Trout. Um, Bellinger, uh, great season, real hot start in the beginning of the year. Um, I uh, and then Mike Trout, you know, the undisputed best player in the MLB right now. Oh, definitely, uh, he, he's, he's he's he keeps getting better. He's great. Uh, but here's my question for you, David: Do you think if Yelich stayed healthy and helped the Brewers? Because remember, they didn't have him for the last, I think, week or two of the regular season and not going into the postseason. Do you think yeah. if he stayed healthy and continued what he'd done all year, he would have won the MVP over Bellinger? Because Bellinger had – he was batting three thirty six in the first half of the year. Um, but in the second half, he, he batted only two sixty three, And he had 100 more plate appearances in the first half. So, I mean, the numbers – I think there, it's. I mean, he having more play appearances in the first half and still having a higher batting average in the second. Yeah. I think throughout the course of the season, my opinion is Yelich would have been, you know, the MVP there. But you know, obviously he had that knee injury out for the season. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. And then Mike Trout. I mean, unbelievable. He's yeah. He's. Uh, just he's the best player that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, best player of the generation. He hits. I mean, he hits. He feels. He hits for power. He's got speed. He's got, you know, he's he's, he's got it all. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
going forward, he's just going to, you know, I don't know how he can improve, you know. He's been so unbelievably great. Um, and if they can somehow find a way to get some pitching, I know they've been looking at free agents like Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg to, you know, help them get a stud, a, a really solid player like Mike Trout to the postseason. Yeah, He's only been there once. So I think if they can get him to a postseason – and, you know, maybe even make a deep run, but at least a postseason, then I think that he's one of, like, all-time one of the greatest. Definitely, especially with the new manager, uh, Joe Madden. Yep. Uh, who has experience in the playoffs, uh, went to the playoffs most of his season with the Cubs, won a World Series, obviously. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to help the uh, Angels a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in that way of experience. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's all I got to say. Staying on the uh, topic of the MLB real quick, the Astros have recently gone, had allegations against them that they have were stealing signs in 2017, which is the same year that they won the championship. Um, they... There are videos of them, uh, you know, making banging noises or whistling from the dugout on off-speed pitches, and um, people have commented on it. There's been, you know, some emails found. So what are your thoughts on the Astros in the 2017? Do you think that the championship should be stripped from them? I'm not going to take a side. I'm going to stay neutral on this, but... Because I don't think there's enough evidence to, for the MLB to take the championship away from the Houston Astros, who had I mean a great. I know they they were a great team, but David, the facts are there. They 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 were stealing signs. It's been documented. Yeah, with the banging on the trash cans and that that uh, one clip that I think pretty much everyone's seen with against the White Sox. Yeah, that's it's very obvious about the trash can banging. And yeah. uh, just recently uh, today. There was a Houston Astros executive, don't know his name, but he. there's been multiple reports of him uh, asking scouts to spy on other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just brand new news, and I think that, that that could play a role in the potential stripping of the championship. Yep. All right. Um, going back, touching with the NFL now, uh, NFL's couple games uh, a little bit ago Sunday. Um, Miles Garrett, he uh, he after the play, he knocked Mason Rudolph down, took off uh, his helmet, and hit him on the head with it. Uh, he's been suspended indefinitely for the rest of the season, uh, facing you know charges, all different stuff. Uh, do you think what 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 are your thoughts on the suspension and? how he should handle that. Now, obviously, I'm not going to defend Miles Garrett in any way because what he did was just embarrassing for yep. himself and the team, the yep. Browns organization, and embarrassing and just, just, I can't believe he, someone in their right mind would actually try to use a helmet as a weapon. Yep. It's, it's really never been done before. And I mean, I can sort of see where his anger came from because, uh, 
they've probably been seen. Season. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been. It's been a rough season, but uh, just the issues with uh, Mason Rudolph uh, instigating the, you know, the fight. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of, I sort of can see where, where uh, people get that from. Like, but still, I mean, like if it's in the film, you can see him try to take off uh, Garrett's, Garrett's helmet, Garrett's yeah. helmet, and it, I, I just can't imagine what would happen if he actually took off Garrett's helmet, and maybe, maybe they would both hit each other. Uh, yeah, it could have gone really bad from there. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, I think he definitely deserves. Both of them definitely deserve to get suspensions and fines. And yeah. maybe even legal action. Yeah. Uh, I think Rudolph's lawyers are looking into legal options right now. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple ways I want to go with this. Um, and I don't really want to, you know, take away what you're trying to say because I completely agree with you. But, um, I mean, the NFL, I feel, needs to, you know, use this. I mean, like you said, it's never been, never really been do- done before. Um, I think they need to use this as like the to show that they're not going to be cheap. They're not going to, you know, kind of let it slide, whatever. They're, I think they need to show that, you know, if you do stupid things like this, that there are going to be harsh consequences. Now, do I think that Miles Garrett should be suspended, you know, rest of his career, you know, not be able to play anymore? I think I know. I don't think that. I think that yeah, this guy's. Yeah, I think he. This guy is a um, a solid player. He was second overall pick, right? No, I think it was first, first overall. He's first, first overall. First, o- he was a first overall pick. He's a great edge rusher. He's he brings a, a spark to the game. Um, a lot of a lot of people, you know, you see uh, Miles Garrett jerseys. He's a you know a really good player. Definitely. Um, and Definitely. I think that the NFL needs that. They need good players like that. But I do think that they need to take a stand and show that they're not gonna you know let things like this you know just kind of get away with a couple game suspension. I think they need to show that they're gonna be. You know, um, they're going to be uh, forceful, and they're going to be—they're um, not going to, you know, let slide. Definitely, I don't think suspending him less than five games is just showing that they don't really care. It's they're showing soft, that it's yeah. showing that they're—they just want the good ratings, and they want uh, people to tune into the Browns games just to watch him. Yep. I mean, like they got to show that they can take a stand and. Uh, not just let it slide. Yeah. Staying with the NFL here, uh, Colin Kaepernick recently had the chance to uh, try out and had an open tryout with uh, all the uh, teams were invited. And, you know, he tried to make all the changes he wanted. He brought his own med receivers. He pushed the time back. He changed the spot. And uh, he ended up not showing. And my thoughts are plain and simple. If Colin Kaepernick wants to be back in the NFL, and we all we all know, you know, he was he left because he kneeled for the national anthem. There was the big um, there was a big storyline across um, the NFL and nationally. Um, but I think if he wants to get back in the NFL, I think he needs to stop the nonsense and do what the league's telling him. He, I think he needs to stop trying to make all this noise and all this different chatter about Colin Kaepernick this, Colin Kaepernick that. I think that if he wants to be back in the NFL, he's got to do what the league's telling him to do, 
and so he can get his shot because if he keeps, you know, not showing up to the tryouts and all this different stuff, I think that the NFL should just say, no, you're not, you're not, you know, cooperating with us. We're not going to have you in the league. Yeah, because that's that's just showing again that the NFL uh, just wants attention if they're going to let him play and he doesn't listen to what they're going to do. Yeah. Because with all the changes he made, it just shows what kind of a person he is and how how he like does does things and like how he mm-hmm. uh I mean, I can't be- I don't think that it was right of him to change the location and yeah. the time because if he if he just left it where it was and did what he was supposed to do, he would have more teams there looking at him. And he have he'd have a better chance of getting in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel that you know he I'm not gonna put him off and say he's a bad person or whatever because he's not. He he had with the kneeling for the anthem. He had you know a thought. He had an idea, and he was you know on national television. So he wanted to make it known. So he you know did what he thought was right, and he knelt for the anthem, and um. I think with that, you know, that's his thing. If he's going to do that, um, then and it's going to start what it did with everyone. You know, it was a big talking point. But go- coming back to the NFL and trying to change the location and all this different stuff, I mean, that's way different than, you know, having a belief and trying to get that out nationally. This is just him trying to be bold and I think a little bit arrogant, you know, trying to just make his name out and put his name out there. Yeah, that's just I. I respect his decision to kneel. I don't disagree with it. I mean, he, he it's his it's his opinion. He can do what he wants. The NFL can't restrict kneeling. Yep. During the anthem, they can't. They just can't. It's someone's opinion. Yep. And with uh with the current uh what he did uh, yesterday with the. The changing of the times and all of his statements saying how he's he's ready to go and like been ready. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's just trying to get attention and just trying to make his opinions known. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, moving on to maybe our last point of the podcast. If you have anything to add, we can touch on that, but. NFL MVP race, obviously, you know, we still have a couple weeks left. You know, a lot of things can happen. Um, but right now it looks like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are the obvious front runners. Um, you know, you throw a guy like Russell Wilson in there. He's, you know, been great all year. But I think guys like uh, Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers and okay. Amari Cooper for the, Dal- for the Dallas uh, Cowboys, I think they are – being overlooked, and I think that they definitely could, you know, have it. I I have to disagree with you there. I oh. don't think Amari. I don't think Amari Cooper is anywhere near top five MVP candidates. Oh. Uh, my my top MVP Jackson, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna also throw in uh, Deshaun Watson. He's been great all year. He's uh, David, though the Texans just, are six and four, six and four is not a bad team. They're still top of the. Uh, I think I think they're tied with the Colts right now after what happened this Sunday, this afternoon. Uh, yeah. 
I'm uh I mean McCaffrey, I agree with you there. He's been doing great. He's just yeah amazing to watch. Yeah. And uh you, you can't rule out Aaron Rodgers. Like it's in the stats. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm I'm telling you though, Amari Cooper for the Dallas uh Cowboys, he once he joined, he had been an immediate impact. He's Dak's favorite receiver. He's the guy Dak. Um, he makes great plays, great catches, and um, I think he's another fun guy to watch. I watched the the Sunday night game uh, last week, Dallas and uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, oh, and yeah. Yeah. he he had some great catches along the oh, sidelines. Those, those are great catches. Yep. Those are that might be yep. a catch of the year so far. Yeah, I'm gonna say, and I'm I'm telling you. If you define what MVP is, is the most valuable player to the league and to the team, the respective team that they play on, and Amari Cooper right now is the most valuable player on the Cowboys. You can talk about what Zeke's done with the extension. You can talk about how Dak's been great throwing to him and all that different stuff. But Amari Cooper has been the guy Dak's looked to. He's the guy that that is true. Uh, when when under pressure, Dak looks to that side of the field, wherever he may be. And I think that he, I think he should be in consideration. Do I think he's performed better than Lamar or oh, uh, Patrick not. Mahomes? No, but I think that he should at least be looked at. He could, yes, I, I think he could be looked at, and he's definitely not a what well, he's not definitely not a top three in my book. He he's, he's not the, at the caliber of no, Lamar of Lamar no. or. Uh, Russell Wilson or Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Uh, you can't rule out Dalvin Cook either. He's he yeah. is definitely without Adam Thielen, without yeah, without him, he's definitely the most valuable player for that team. And yep. he's I'm gonna he's the best running back in the league right now. Oh wow! Uh, over McCaffrey. Over. Yes, over over Christian McCaffrey. Wow, he, bold statements the, here on after the buzzer. The, I'd I'd like to hear this, Dave. Please go ahead. He's he's notched a hundred yards of offense in eight games already this season. I know McCaffrey's like probably close to that, but uh, him and him and McCaffrey, McCaffrey lead the league in touches, I, rushing you're attempts, right, you're right. rushing yards. He has uh, he already has a thousand rushing yards. Uh, but I think McCaffrey's the, the better pass game in Vikings history. I think McCaffrey's the better pass catcher, though. Oh yeah, I no, you're right about that. Uh, McCaffrey has uh, better hands, uh, mm-hmm. but if you're talking about the better ground running back, I'm gonna go with Dalvin Cook. All right, um, thank you for that. And uh, I think unless you'd have anything to add, David, I think that might wrap it up. Would you like to add anything? Um, well, I would like to talk about the CFP. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so you probably know the, how the race is looking to be and, uh, what's, uh, what's, uh, to be with, uh, Alabama and without, uh, Tua. I think that they're, uh, their stock could go down, and I think uh, that uh, I think I also think that um, 
uh, one of these Pac-12 teams is going to affect the race. I think that uh, uh, the winner of the Pac championship is going to get uh, pretty much an automatic bid into the top four. Uh, yep. Playoff. Uh, yep. Also, the winner of the the SEC that'll be that'll be one. So it's either going to be uh, I'm going to say uh, either LSU or Georgia is going to get a spot. I don't think both of those teams will be in because just with the loss uh, yep. uh, Georgia's had to uh, what was it? Uh, Mississippi State. Yep. That, uh, that crushing loss for them. Yeah, uh, that's definitely going to be tough. Uh, so I guess we'll have to see what happens Tuesday night uh, for the CFP. Yep. Definitely a big game. Wanna, I want to turn tune to that one. And I think that about wraps it up. So, yep. so thank you for listening, joining uh, the podcast. Definitely going to have another one coming soon. Um, and, you know, be sure to subscribe, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Be sure to subscribe. Um, maybe turn on your notifications. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on After the Buzzer. Peace out.